Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. 49ers Player Show, in this case, 49ers Veteran Player Show, is brought to you by Harris Ranch Beef, legendary beef, legendary quality. Shop at your local Rayleigh's, Bel Air, and Knob Hill supermarkets for all of your tailgate needs. Ricky Waters, nice enough to join us here on the Bud Light guest line. Bud Light, easy to drink, easy to enjoy. Ricky, thank you so much for joining us. It's a pleasure to have you on today. How are you? Ah, man, I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on. It's great to have you on. A Super Bowl champion, obviously, with the 49ers. Five-time Pro Bowler. Three seasons is Philadelphia in Philadelphia as well. Where is where is your heart taking you in this game? Do you, do you look at it through the eyeballs of a former 49er or through the eyeballs of a former Eagle? Well, I mean, there's no way I can't look at it as both because I was both. <laughs> so I, I totally see it from both aspects and uh i like what i see when i look at both i mean obviously you gotta say that philadelphia had an amazing season this year they have been like the team to beat the whole year their quarterback is a just a bona fide mvp uh candidate i think a budding you know uh superstar you know in his own right but i also have to say these 49ers man they have been amazing this year when I think of what you were great at, Ricky, and, and you were great at a lot of things, not only could you run it out of the backfield, but you could catch it. I mean, you could be lined up anywhere and be a threat. And that kind of reminds me of Christian McCaffrey. I'm wondering yeah. if you don't see a little of yourself in him as well. Without a doubt. I, I've talked to his dad, Ed McCaffrey. He was a tough player in his own right. He told me that he watched film on me, and I was like, man, he studied well because I see the similarities, man. He's a great player, and, and the fact that he could come in mid-season like he did and to just like, I mean, he looked like he's always been here. I mean, it's crazy how well he fits in with the system, how well Shanahan is, is uh, putting in in the system. I think he has uh, freed it up for everybody uh, to do what they do best. When I when I look at it, Debo doesn't have to run the ball as much, you know, from the backfield because he, he's got Eliza Mitchell, can be that change of pace player that they want him to be. Come now, of course, uh, Kittle is just amazing, and he's just one one tackle uh, break away from uh, going to the uh, goal line each time he touches the ball. You know, him and Debo are the same in that way. I think they're so explosive. And now that Brock Purdy is playing the way he's playing, I mean, he's pretty good, right, <laughs> like we like to say. Um, when you look at McCaffrey, what – 
specific things remind you of you? I mean, yes, you both catch the ball out of the backfield. Yes, you're really good mm-hmm. between the tackles. But are there stylistic things or nuanced things that you see in him that you saw in yourself? Yep, patience. A lot of people don't understand the patience of running the football. It's not like you just get the ball and you just burrow away and just go and run over because you can't do that in the NFL anyway. You can't really just run guys over and and guys that could do that for a little bit, they found out they couldn't do that for, you know, a total career running the ball in this NFL the way these guys hit. I love his patience, the way he waits for his blockers. He understands where his blocking is coming from. I can tell that he's a student of the game, that he is uh, that he studies. The fact that he could come right in, a whole new system, new guys. Guys, he, he doesn't know these guys. He hasn't had an offseason with these guys or with this system or anything. For him to come in and not miss a beat the way he has, he's a student of the game. And I was a student of the game. We understood where the blocking schemes are coming from. We understood when we had to pick up the blitzes and where those blitzes are coming from. You can tell that he is a student of the game. Ricky Waters, our guest here on Damon and Ratto. And again, it's probably be in, easier to be a student of the game when you go to a college that actually requires you to be a student, you were a Notre Dame guy, and obviously Stanford for Christian McCaffrey, so brains and brawn make for the best football players. There is no doubt about it. When I look at how much football has changed since your playing days, I think it's safe to mm-hmm. say you didn't run a single RPO in your professional life, right? I mean, or maybe you did a little something like that, but it wasn't called RPOs. What would Ricky Waters have been in an RPO offense? Man, well, first I would have to understand that I can't grab the ball and take it. <laughs> that, that's probably the first thing. I probably want to take the ball every time. No, I'm, I got it. Just let me take it. But uh, to understand that the quarterback is in control in that situation, I, I did that sort of thing with uh, Tony Rice. That's how we kind of, you know, with the option, the way we ran it. And you never know when he was going to give you the ball, when he was going to pull it out, and when he's going to throw it or pitch it, you know, to another back that's coming around. So I, I have had that, and it's a lot of fun because when guys don't know that you're getting the ball, it's a little different than everybody teeing off and having eight-man front up against you, which I had a lot in my career where the guys knew I was getting the ball, and they're all kind of have their ears pinned back coming to, to stop me. Uh, you played in two legendarily difficult stadiums in Candlestick Park and the Vet. Which nope. which would you say is the tougher place for a visitor to play? Man, it was <laughs> those that's almost like a comedy skit right there in, in some aspects. Uh when you talk about the vet man, it was it was a tough one. I I mean it felt like it was like no padding under there. Like they just had a, a carpet that we were playing on. And a lot of times that carpet had seams in it that, you know, they didn't quite mesh up uh, correctly. So that was a tough place to play. I felt like it made me tougher, though. It made me a, like a stronger player playing on it at the time. Maybe because I had to think that, you know, you just have to psych your mind out. to be. I wish I could have played on in the, in the Lincoln or in uh, Levi Stadium. But uh, the same thing, even with Candlestick Man, the, the swirling wind, it would kind of take the ball, and you would have to kind of follow that ball down to the left or <laughs> down to the right to catch it. So, there, you know, there's a lot of things that were challenging about that, especially in the preseason when they had that the diamond out there 
and you're getting tackled on that dirt. I never uh, liked that too much. Rick, Ricky, <laughs> what can you tell us about the lead-up to your first NFC title game, the weight of the game being put on, you know, on, on your shoulders? You were a massive part of the game plan. And then, you know, obviously... You win the game, you're off to the Super Bowl, and all memories of that Super Bowl were how much Kyle's dad, Mike Shanahan, just went into the game thinking, all right, so we have the game plan to win. Like, if this play sets up, it'll set up to this play, and then this play for sure will be a touchdown. Like, it sounds so easy with, you know, the benefit of hindsight in 2020, but how confident were you going into your first NFC title game, and then when the stakes get even higher, going into that Super Bowl, how much different did it feel? Well, I can tell you, I mean, being on a veteran team like that, I was the younger player at that time, but being on a team like that, seeing Steve and the guys, the way we were practicing that whole year, the way we, I, I remember we took an L, and it was to Philadelphia. <laughs> they came in and caught us off off guard and we took that L after that we said man that's it we were so focused and everybody was so compelled in practice that we were treating every practice like it was a game we didn't want to drop the ball nobody wanted to fumble the ball nobody wanted to have a missed snap anything like that like we were on top of everything and we were just rolling and and, and the even the way we came out, guys were all fired up and, you know, high-fiving as if we're about to play a game when we're just practicing. That's when you can see it. And it was just infectious. It was throughout the whole team. Everybody was starting to, like, we all we all wanted to do well for ourselves, obviously, but we started to play for each other. We were like a real team. We really believed, like, if I do my job, if I run this route that I'm supposed to run, not trying to do too much, just do exactly what... I'm supposed to do that the other person's going to do that and everybody else is going to do their job and it's going to be a successful play. And each time, that's what it was because we believed in it. Uh, that Super Bowl year, you guys played a bunch of games where you just rolled the opponent. Um, <laughs> was that the easiest football you ever played just in terms of not having to worry about, man, these guys are good. I mean, you, I mean, you put a, you put up 50 on Atlanta, you put 35 on New Orleans. I mean, even the Super Bowl, you put up 49. Was it just easier to play every week? Because really, other than the stinker against Philadelphia, you were you were rolling up points on everyone. Yep. And like I said, it, you're right. Like I said, they, could, they couldn't put the eight-man fronts up there, you know, and roll the safety down to kind of make it a nine-man front on me and stuff like that. You can't do that when you got Jerry Rice out there and you got John Taylor on the other side. I mean, it was just one of those things where if we just do our job and do exactly what we're supposed to do and we practice the right way, we're going to do well. And, and the fact that we would do everything uh, full out, we would run full out. We wouldn't do any jogging so that when we came to the game, I, I used to always feel like the other team's starting to get tired now, and you could feel them getting tired, and we weren't getting tired. It was like we were getting stronger each time, and I, I love that. That's something that the 49ers brought to me, that I, I was in shape when I came, <laughs> but not until I started running that mountain with Jerry Rice and them did I, did I start 
realizing what that kind of stamina is all about and going out there on the track afterwards and then going and lifting weights after that. And to have that kind of stamina and the understanding of this is what it takes to be a real champion in this league. You have to step it up and you have to always get better and look for an edge. And that's what those guys taught me. And I'm so glad that I, that I played with guys like that. Ricky Waters here on 95.7 The Game. When you played, you needed to be in an amazing shape because you played in the era of like bell cow running backs. 25, 30 yeah. carries <laughs> was just not out of the question. It happened often. And then, you know, we, we watched football. It always goes through different evolutions. And we saw like a devaluing of the running back position to the point where you'd be watching NFL drafts and the draft Knicks would be on stage saying, hey, you don't even take a running back in the first three rounds anymore. They're a dime a dozen. You can get them later. And the running back Crazy. became devalued. And we're, I think, starting to see it become valuable Again, especially when you see what Christian McCaffrey did and how this guy's been a, a skeleton key that has not just unlocked, you know, a, a running game, but an entire offense around him. Do you think we're about to see the pendulum swing back to running backs finding more value? I would love to see that. I always, I love the running back position. I played wide receiver. I played defensive back. I played safety. I played quarterback. But I love the running back position because that to me is the stud position. You have to do so many different things. Even when they fake the ball to you, you still get tackled on the other side when the camera keeps on panning around with the quarterback. They don't see what's happening to the running back on the other side. And if you're not getting tackled, you're blocking somebody who's probably bigger than you are. And you're and you're also trying to run through guys who are bigger than you are. Some of them faster than you are. So I mean, when you really look at what the running back has to do, especially one who does all the things that we do uh, in the passing game, I go. I used to go out and I would play. I would be X. On this play, I'm X. On this play, I'm Z. This play, I'm the tight end. I'm, I'm off. I'm a wing back. It, it didn't even matter. I had to know everybody's position. I had to play those positions and play it and run those routes like they would run those routes uh, in those positions. I used to do a little bit about how you know if you liked if you liked Ricky with 15 touches you're going to love him with 30 and Ricky needs the ball 35 times to be effective that's what I, I used it. to scream 35 touches for Ricky <laughs> it was great having you on today we're so happy to have caught up with you it was great catching up our friends at Harris Ranch Beef want to say thanks as well and they're going to send you 10 pounds of prime steaks and you get to choose your cut Ricky ribeye <laughs> Ribeye, Porterhouse, or New York Strips? Where are you going? God, I love all of them, but I'm going to have to go with the ribeye. That is the correct <laughs> answer. Once it's amazing how many well-fed football players continue to get that answer right week after week after week. Ricky, thank you very much. Thank you so much. You know I love my protein, too. <laughs> he loves his touches. He loves his protein. Uh, we, 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 we got a prediction for this weekend. Which way are you leaning? Man, this is a really tough one. I, I think that if any team can go out there and beat these guys, it's the 49ers. But I don't know, man, with Jalen Hurts and that, uh, and them being at home, I don't know. That's a really tough one. I might have to go with the Eagles on this one. I think it's going to be a close one, though. Real close. Here's the thing. We're not going to take back the stakes just because you're honest. <laughs> Thank you so much, Ricky. Hi, <laughs> <All right>, bro. <laughs>
We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.